They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave. Uh, but a bye 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 that's fact. That's true. Pretty much every day since March. So uh, another sunny day, and hopefully this is for an episode that's going to create a sunny outlook on life. Oh wow! Oh wow! Okay, do you want to explain to the listener um, quite what we're doing with this podcast? <laughs> yeah. So welcome to the podcast. Firstly, if you've not listened to us before, we tend to be um, some kind of hopefully lovable idiots that talk loosely about running, but a whole load of other. Uh, nonsense whereas this episode is going to be pretty different so to give you a context of why we're doing it we've had a, a couple of times in our facebook group, people have put a call for help really to do with their mental health and um we've partly not known quite sure how to respond to it but also um you know the group has been very supportive in trying to offer advice trying to help but actually um i think it's far too in important an issue for the group to be responding to it because most of us aren't qualified gps or uh, psychologists and so something like mental health is so fragile that i don't we didn't want to be leaving the chance of someone's future well-being um in the hands of random people in the group giving supportive messages particularly as as a group we tend to take the mic quite a lot and you never know how something's going to be perceived um when it's written down and so we thought instead of um instead of leaving it to chance that people are going to be okay we're going to actually dedicate one episode just towards mental health by by speaking to um speaking to someone who has experienced it who's been through it who's got a, a huge amount of ex, um understanding of what it's like to have mental health and depression issues and not necessarily they've not been cured of it by any means but they've they've battled with it they've come through the other side and, and now feel like they are in a, a very good position to be able to advise others um so this episode is a little, little bit different for one he's a, he was a walker but it ends in in happy news in that he ends up being a runner which is which is obviously great <laughs> hey <laughs> um yeah so um so um it's yeah it's, it's a little bit um i wouldn't say it's our usual uh chitter chatter our usual bounce if you if we have to use that term because you know it's such an important issue so the first hour of the podcast is fairly serious we do throw in the odd joke that isn't that funny and try and lighten it a bit but actually it's just interesting and even if his mental health even if mental health isn't an issue that you care that greatly about i would recommend you carry on listening to this because it's just interesting to try and understand what people are going through and also to know what you can do if someone you know 
is in a similar situation. Um, but actually, towards the end of the episode, it does get pretty funny and lighthearted because he's just a great guy. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I hate that you enjoy it basically. But um, Ali, what, what, I mean, what, what are your views on this? Um, well, we all, we all know my, my views on this, Mr. Hellard, in that I too suffer with my mental health. Um, I think it's really important to point out everybody has mental health, whether it's good, bad, medium. Um, and uh, you may not know that someone that you are close to or that you love or even yourself um, has... Um, has something that can be treated. I mean, I don't think it can ever be cured. But yeah, like you say, um, I reached out to somebody that um, I knew through a friend of a friend, a guy called Jake Tyler. Um, so uh, he's the guy we're interviewing and he has got some pretty interesting things to say. Um, but as David says, this is not a normal bad boy running podcast. If it's your first time listening to it, make sure that you do continue listening to it because it's great. Um, but go back and have a little listen to uh, some of the other things that we do as well. Um, so shall we get on with it and introduce the lovely Jake? Uh, so our next guest is somebody who um, you may have seen on the television box um, back in 2017, I believe it was. Um, Jake Tyler was on a show called Mind Over Marathon, which took a load of people that had never run a marathon before, who had various ribbles, squibbles and wiggles with their brain holes um, and kind of taught them how to run. Um, and it kind of was focused around the Heads Together campaign um, that uh, the Royals were doing. And it was just generally a great show. So recently we had some... Um, some stuff going on in the Facebook group, um, which made me not upset, but kind of concerned about the fact that we haven't really addressed mental health and running and that sort of stuff. So I thought it might be a nice idea to get Jake on to talk about his experiences. And we've got loads of questions from the Do Badders room as well. So welcome, Jake. Hello. Hey. hey. <laughs> Hello. How are you doing? I'm great. Yeah. What a great intro. What, what did you say? Wibbles, squibbles and... Waffles, giggles, yeah, all the monkeys <laughs> on bicycles go round and round in your brain. Well, yeah, I've been running out of ways to tell the same story over and over again. So if you don't mind, I'm going to use wiggles, biggles and squiggles in the future. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> what that's what it is. Um, so, Jake, do you just want to do a little intro and tell us about um, how you've come to be kind of, you're kind of like a mental health advocate ambassador. So that'd be really interesting to kind of know how you've got to, to be that person. Yeah, um, sure. I'll. I'll try and do it in the um, in the shortest way possible. Um, but basically, I've spent the last couple of years um, circumnavigating mainland Great Britain on foot. Um, and I've been doing that, A, to raise money for the Mental Health Foundation, but B, to kind of, um, it was a sort of pilgrimage for me. I experienced um, a personal crisis, an all-time low, and uh, ended up doing this big 3,000-mile walk off the back of it. That's it in its shortest terms. Um, but the thing is that I I, I live with depression, and I was um, blogging and video blogging about my relationship with depression as I went, and certain things were working for me, certain things weren't. And then I got back, and I don't know, I just I try and – try and tell people about what I've learned really but in a you know I'm, I'm not trying to push their ideology onto anyone at all but there's a, a lot of things that worked for me and a lot of things that didn't and um and yeah some for some amazing reason people actually want to hear about it so it's kind of what I dedicate my life to now that's because it's amazing um so so in the words of the Oxford Dodger let's re-rewind a little bit um and how did you get involved with the whole heads together mind over marathon stuff um so that's quite funny a girl I used to see about 15 years ago got in touch with me completely out of the blue when I was on the walk and she was like 
hi, hope you don't mind, but I'll put you forward for this uh, thing. My friend's a producer at the BBC and they're looking for people to do a mental health program about exercise. And I noticed that you were doing this thing around the country. So I'll put you through and um, put your name forward. And I just got back to her and was like, um, hi, how's it going? <laughs> In 15 years. Um, but yeah, I was just like, wow, that's, that's weird. Um, but thanks. Thanks for thinking of me sort of thing. Didn't think anything was going to come from um, of it and then a couple of months later um i was walking in wales and i got an email from a casting agent at the bbc and yeah who who said that my name had been put forward and they'd like to offer me a part in this thing this program about mental health but mostly about the relationship between physical and mental health and and what the premise was going to be you know i get to run the london marathon so yeah i i, I let to it and i i so i ended up cutting the, the journey around um the uk in half so I did the first half and then I went, stopped for six months to film Mind Over Marathon and then went back to it afterwards. But yeah, it was just just a random old flame who who put my name forward. And that's that's how all this amazing stuff happened. So there's nothing like an ex phoning you up problem. and going, I remember you, you're mental. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's happened to you more than once. Hell, I don't yeah, it indeed. Um, yeah. OK, awesome. Um, so. You know, basically, I'm just going to do a little bit of background for people that may or may not be in our Facebook group. Um, a few uh, weeks ago, we had a couple of posts go up, which made me slightly concerned about um, about these people's mental health, but also just generally how people communicate that mental health in the in the, in the dawn of the Internet and the age of the Internet. Uh, yeah. Because it's not necessarily I mean, the Internet's amazing, but also it can, I think, be extremely damaging. Yeah. Um, and uh, so one of the things that I really wanted to talk to you about was um, the conversation around mental health and you being a guy. So you said that when you went off on your trot around the UK, you'd reached an all time low. Do you want to give us a bit of background as to kind of how you reached the conclusion that you kind of had to go for a long, long, long walk? <laughs> well, God knows how that was the conclusion. But um, but no, I uh, I guess I guess I'd sort of always like. I've just been sort of miserable for <laughs> the majority of my life since since my sort of late teens, really. I mean, privately, I don't mean publicly. Publicly, I was, you know, I, I enjoyed having, I enjoyed my friends and I enjoyed having fun and everything. But it was, um, it was when I didn't have anyone around me and I was left alone to my thoughts that I kind of think, yeah, I just used to go a bit dark a lot of the time. And I don't know, I just, I just sort of got used to it, really. Um, didn't like it, but but kind of got used to it. And then once I got into my twenties and started working. In, um, I was working in hospitality and, um, you know, bars specifically, and drinking just became a part of everyday life. Progressed and carried on, you know, um, getting promoted and, and, and then took over a bar when I was 26 in, in Brighton. And, uh, and obviously it's a high stress job. There's no such thing as a day off, mm. you know. Um, it's, it's you're spinning plates. It's just really difficult, and I I couldn't I didn't handle the stress very well. So I used the thing that had always been there to make me feel good, which was the booze. And now all of a sudden I own the place, so it's all nice and free. And I can drink as much of it as I want. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I I wouldn't say I ever got a full dependency, but it, it was definitely a feature of everyday life. And, and within those four walls as well, you know, everyone's just in there drinking constantly so it becomes it normalizes the whole thing you know it's not to step out of that environment where you start to realize actually that's not normal behavior to be honest yeah <laughs> that much um but anyway so like the long and short of it was i i was mismanaging the stress um that was having a bigger impact on the sort of dark evenings that i sort of had anyway 
and um and I just got to a point where I, I burnt out basically I, I had internalized these these feelings of like worthlessness and um and everything for to a point where I, I just didn't see the point in living anymore so without going too um too heavy I know it's important to, to speak raw about these things but I am mindful that <laughs> it's not for everyone um i planned i planned to jump out of the, the window of the place i was living which was just above the pub and um and at that point you know to feel to feel suicidal is 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 what i now know is that it's uh it's the last symptom of depression it's not it's not all the lies it's telling you at the time it's not telling you that your, your family is going to be better off without you it's not telling you you know it's, it's telling you all these things that just aren't true and and you only realize that when you come out the other side of it and um fortunately i uh i made a call to my mum just to just to hear her voice again really and uh and within the conversation that we had eventually you know she bought me another day and then that bought me another few days and i mean i was signed off work obviously i went straight into therapy and i was really ill for for quite a long time but um but yeah it was uh it was just i was on a time bomb from from probably somewhere in my mid twenties, and I realise that now. And uh, yeah, I just I didn't have enough respect for the the dark times I used to go in, or or I just didn't want to face up to it. One of the two. But um, but you know, I kind of feel like if that's if that's how you're going to live your life, if that's if you're not going to look inward and actually try and sort the things out that you don't like about you, then then you can just boil over. And sadly, it happens way way too often with um. I'm with guys mostly, but with everybody, really. Yeah. You know. Um. But but yeah, that's um that's that's kind of my <laughs> it's my history of mental illness there. <laughs> in a and in a and, and when when you kind of got to that point where you were like, right, this is you know, just, I mean, I've had my squibbles, whiffles, still got them. But um, when you get to that point where you're like, right, I'm actually going to top myself. Um, yeah. When you reached out for help, what happened? Like you say that you called your mum, but what happened after that? Did you go? Did your mum go to somebody, or did you go to somebody? Like what went on? She she didn't have to say much. She all all she kind of said was, you know, we need to get you help, don't we? I mean, she's she's not, you know, she didn't mother me in in the way that I think some people do, and some people respond to. Like I don't at all, and and she's always been very sort of firm and. Um, and and logical you know she it's and and also she works in mental health she's a she's a uh, clinical nurse i mean her special specialist area is trauma but um but she knows you know she could hear in my voice from the kinds of things that i was saying i found out eventually that um that she knew it was serious and so and so she just did the right thing you know i mean i was i was so not making any of my decisions at the time so it's it's weird to think back on because the fact that she said we'll get you help then i was just like without even thinking it i just thought yes you know we'll we'll do that i don't care anymore like we'll just do that and um unfortunately she she was able to point me in the direction of cbt cbt uh, cognitive behavioral therapist because she thought cbt might be the one the one for me which i it, it actually was great i think i don't think it's for everybody i think i i enjoy learning stuff and i found the whole the whole cbt thing quite um uh quite educational um they they you know she my, my therapist she was talking an awful lot about 
how our brains work and it was all about sort of not it, was, it wasn't just me and my problems you know it was um it was sort of humanity and and what we all think and how we all respond and stuff and it really yeah it, it really helped and um and my bosses as well my bosses at the time were just incredible i can't you know i've got so much to thank them for you know working 60 70 hour weeks as it is and they were turning up and kicking me out of the office at three in the afternoon going right okay that's enough paperwork you don't need to do that you can go it's fine yeah. and again they you know they sort of treated me in that in that sort of way you know no one no one babied me or anything which i which i wouldn't have responded well to so it's just i mean i'm incredibly fortunate if if, I, if i'm honest about it you know do, I had, do you I had, think you needed your mum to almost say you need to get help rather than do you think you'd ever be in a position where you would have sought it yourself without that second conf- confirmation from someone yeah may, maybe i mean it, i feel like i feel like you, you're not really in in complete control when you're at breaking point so it would have just taken a suggestion from somebody who saw that i was really struggling maybe or or i would have um or something would have happened in my day that made me sort of think, right, oh, this is ridiculous. I can't do this on my own anymore. It's hard to say. It just in 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 the moment that's specific to me, where I had my mind made up on what I was going to do, to to an hour later where I was getting ready and going going for work just because of a few, you know, it go it goes beyond what my mum said and what she didn't say. It was just it was just obviously what had to happen at that time and maybe that's that's what I knew maybe I wasn't that sure that I was going to do it maybe I knew that that would be the thing that brought me another day you know it's hard to say but um you know all, all I can say is that I'm, I'm very grateful that, that things worked out the way they did so what then what then brought you to the the, as the position we thought I know I'm going to walk around the whole of the UK <laughs> yeah it's a weird jump isn't it jumping out the window to <laughs> wanting to, to do this big massive adventure yeah it is it is crazy um well i i just didn't have anything i, I eventually got signed off work permanently and, and i moved back home um to to stay with my mum and uh and i just i just needed to do something with my day that was my decision you know something with my life and it ended up just being taking the dog for a walk every day just like a little a little job that's just mine that I can do and um and I did that every day for for about a month and you know it was it my my day would be sort of two you know morning and evening misery with a nice like kind of sandwich <laughs> of like fun outside with the dog in the middle yeah um, and uh, and obviously as a result i just wanted it to, you know the walk started getting longer and longer because i was just enjoying that part of the day way more and um and something clicked clicked one day you know i've been walking the dog i've been walking him for hours and hours and hours and he just looked knackered like absolutely <laughs> done in and it really made me laugh and when i laughed i, I realized that, that was the first time i actually laughed properly for like it was the first time in ages i couldn't remember you know you know um an actual time where i I actually did laugh you know like that but um but yeah and and in that moment i i put this good feeling you know being out of the woods um but i put it all down to kind of being in the woods (laughs) you know know, to being outside and, and connecting with nature and moving and 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 stripping away all the crap that is there that we've created you know our own stress our own job the the individual things in our lives and it was just you know i just felt incredibly 
be incredibly free in that moment. And I bought a map and started thinking about where where in Great Britain I'd like to to see, like where I'd like to visit, you know, the more the national parks and the best bits of coastline, that kind of thing. And so I just started circling these areas on 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 a map of Great Britain. And then after looking at them all, instead of deciding on one to go to, I just put a line through them all. And there was this mad circumnavigational route, you know, around around Great Britain. And I just for, for whatever reason, in that moment, I just thought, this I've got to do this. I've got this is this is something I want to do. And See, I, this is this is really interesting because you're like, right, I'm going to go and do this on my own. And yeah. I, like everybody's experience of mental health is different. But being on your own when you're that delicate can be a really, really dangerous thing. So what kind of what kind of okay. what, what was the thought process of, do you know what? I'm just going to go out on my own and get on with it. I guess um, especially with a lot of coastal cliffs around as well. Yeah. And weirdos in Reading. Um, well, we all know that from Thames Bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it, I, I mean, I did actually ask a friend of mine at first if he'd want to do it with me. I'm so glad I didn't now because he's a he's a grumpy bastard. I don't know if everyone why I invited <laughs> him. That would have been awful. God, I just remembered that. Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I've, I've always been a bit of a loner anyway. I think people people I'm friends with will probably disagree with that. But I, I, I consider myself to be I'm, I'm never last you know last month standing I'm, I'm the irish exit guy you know i leave <laughs> I, I sneak out the back and and i've got no problem saying no to to nights out and stuff i'm i think they, they call it a, an, an extroverted introvert i think that's yeah. that's kind of what i am and 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 with that i've grown to although you know spending time on my own and overthinking things got me into gets me into trouble every now and again um i do actually kind of like my own company a lot of the time because for, for so long, I was pretending to, to that I was fine, you know, and not wanting anyone to see the side of me that's miserable in case I'm labelled a downer in the group or, or something. And so and so taking myself out of social situations and, and hanging out on my own and reading and whatever, I don't have to try there. I can just, if I'm a bit miserable, I can just be miserable and sit around and read my, I mean, that sounds really sad, doesn't it? Talking about it now. But. No, no, I don't, I don't think it does. And I think a lot of people don't, you know, the, the, this is one of the things with the stigma of telling people that you're depressed or telling people that you don't feel great or, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, what have you got to be miserable about? Cheer up. Uh, you've got a great life. Everything's glorious. Um, you know, what is, and people say, what is it that's making you feel depressed? And it's like, there is nothing making me feel mm-hmm. depressed. I just am. It's like, what's making you have diabetes or what's making you have yeah. anything else? It's like, there's nothing <laughs> yeah, making right. me have it. Or there's, uh, there's triggers. Of course, there's triggers. But I think, you know, it's that it's it's when you can explain to your friends and they can accept that it's an inherent part of your personality. And if you can't do that with certain groups of people, then you do find yourself on your own a lot, which, you know, yeah. can be disastrous. It can be great, but it can be disastrous. Yeah, sure. I think you've just got to be honest about what you need you know i think if i if i knew every time i spent time on my own i ended up going to that dark place and it wasn't just a percentage of the time then i'd i'd my instincts would be different they would be to 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 meet up with people so i wasn't alone you know this is what's really important to talk about how everyone you can't expect someone who's depressed to to act a certain way because that's how you know a depressed person is supposed to act everyone's thing stems from a different place and comes with it its own sort of fears and limitations and 
Um, and, and, and so, yeah, I'm, I, I just happen to be one of the types of people whose instincts are, if I'm on my own, I'm safe. And that's, you know, that's, that's why I would have, I would have done it on my own. I would have done it with, with other people, you know, and the fact that I did it on my own made it, you know, twice as good, 10 times as good, I think, because I didn't have to try and, um, buffer what was going on in my head a lot of the time I could just feel it because I'm just passing through places and it doesn't matter if I say the wrong thing to someone somewhere because I'm leaving the next day anyway that makes it sound like a yeah. way, way to kind of take it out on people uh that wasn't the case <laughs> at all but um no it's uh yeah but I, I was just I'm lucky in in the fact that my instincts are um that the being on my own is is a safe place to be for sure that's that's why I, that's why I ended up doing it I think and acknowledging, you know, acknowledging that that's that because of I'm lucky enough to be one of those sorts of people, then I can be the kind of person that I've always wished I could be, you know, the kind of person that would just go on a mission around Great Britain for the hell of it. You know, I've always admired those sorts of people. And um, and, the, you know, at the end of the day, I just thought, well, what the only difference between the people who do that kind of stuff and the people who wish they were like that is the people that do it. They just do it. So use the fact that I like being on my own and I'm, I, you know, there's a strength in that and use it, you know, spend three months on your own. I thought the whole thing was going to last six months. That's how unprepared I was. And it ended up taking nearly a year and a half. In the end. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm sorry. It's a really long answer to a very sh- simple question, but um, no, no, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, yeah, ultimately you weren't on your own because you were, you had people to look after you. Yeah. Um, so how did you sort of go about planning the whole thing? Um, so, I, I, do you know what? I can't remember an awful lot of planning going on, truth be told. <laughs> um, I sort of ran away with the fantasy a bit, looked up the, the equipment that I'd need, you know, read some reviews, bought some stuff, um, set up a crowdfunding page for, um, my friends and family who, who all chipped in and, and got me and got me over the start line anyway. Um, yeah, but the thing that, I mean, that I sounds know, like, mental. Like I don't, I don't like the word. I do. I love the word mental, but I don't mean mental in the mental word. But the, <laughs> I, if, that, if I was doing something like that, seriously, I'd have spreadsheets out all over the place and I'd have every bit of kit out. And I'd have. Yeah, right. It, see, it, see, I wish I was more like that, but I'm not. Do you, do you think it was part of the recklessness of the illness? Do you think it was one of those things where you're like, fuck it? I'm just, you know, how some people who are depressed spend loads of money and get in debt, some gamble, yeah. some drink, some take drugs. But there's a reckless part of of the the illness which just makes you go fuck it and go and do something it could potentially but i i don't know i've always been kind of cavalier (laughs) to a fault you know i I go through life thinking it's it's all gonna be fine in the end it's like fine (laughs) so um i don't know i think it was just it was just cavalier but I, i mean i wish i was more analytical like that i wish i could really get into the the planning of it but i'm I wanted to just get out and start living it. You know, I wanted to be, I didn't want to be restricted. I, I, I see things like that as, as restrictive. I think that's, that's what difference. Whereas you, someone like you would, would find the planning stage incredibly liberating and make you feel really prepared, <laughs> but it wouldn't for me. It would kind of sucks the magic out of it slightly, maybe, but um, it sucks but, all the magic out of it. And I absolutely hate the planning stages and stuff. I mean, oh, I'm do you really? but your instinct is yeah, still planned. Yeah. But you know, the thing is, my the, in planning it makes me anxious 
and in being anxious that can make me feel depressed so it's yeah, almost like that part of the illness is making me worse so but this yeah. is the thing yeah not everybody is the same you can't say you know oh that person is has got depression because they behave in a certain way it's like this is mm. absolutely classic you know people do things sometimes to extremes which are completely like off the scale of what normal in commas people would do i just find mm-hmm. that it's fascinating. I think it's important for people to understand that. You know, you can't just go, oh, that person is this, that person is that, because it, yeah. everybody has it differently. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I completely agree. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, and that's why I didn't plan. <laughs> what, what problems <laughs> did you encounter in my, then? It's what? not in my nature to be prepared for, for anything. I'm very much a take each day as it comes, easy come, easy go kind of person to a fault some would say <laughs> did you encounter quite but, um, a few problems relating to that because you hadn't done some simple things or did it actually yeah. work quite well so i i couldn't face buying wicking underwear for 30 quid a pair i couldn't justify buying performance pants to go around the country <laughs> but i knew that i was going to have a nightmare with cotton because i'd be walking 20 miles a day so in, instead, I, I went commando for the first week of this walk around the country, just putting Vaseline on every day. And when I got to <laughs> Ch- I was walking through Chepstow and I was walking along the side of the road and I was in so much pain, I had to sit down and have a cry by the road <laughs> because wow. I, I, wow. I, I'd not worn any pants for a week and been walking 20 miles and the chafing was just next level i've never known anything like that and, and the very next day i found a cotswold outdoors and bought four pairs <laughs> four pairs of pants spent about 150 quid on pants and and by that point it was the best purchase i'd ever made <laughs> um so yeah like planning like that was a huge 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 oversight <laughs> obviously um and i played planning 101 make sure you remember your pants yeah Amazing. yeah bring pants is probably a probably a quite high up most people's list i would say see i've been telling people never to bring pants but for different (laughs) reasons so um it's good to hear someone you know with a good reason to actually have pants (laughs) yeah 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 definitely i mean it wouldn't have it would have been a very short trip if i hadn't splashed out on some underwear (laughs) it saved it saved the first month of the walk (laughs) and how did you did did, had you have a, a set number of miles you're going to do each day? Did you know where you were staying? Had you broken it down to that extent, or were you just walking and playing it by ear? Uh, somewhere in the middle, probably. I really enjoyed. Um, so I was using the uh, um, Ordnance Survey app, which lets you plot routes and stuff. So it was part of my morning was to. I mean, I, I had a basic idea, obviously, before I set off of where I'd want to be geographically at what time of year how long it would hopefully take me to get there. But on a day-to-day basis, I just used to sit there and plot out a route first thing in the morning, like in my tent while I was waking up. It was like my little my little ritual thing to do, you know, just wake up, have a fistful of nuts or whatever was <laughs> lurking in the bag and um, and, and plot a route for the, for, for the day on Ordnance Survey. So, so yeah, but I mean, I, I, I allowed myself to, because I was doing it on a day-to-day basis, I allowed myself to deviate from from it you know if i ended up walking to a certain point and bumped into someone who was really great company i'd kind of hang out with them for a bit of the day and then not go as far but you know i I pretty much adopted a say yes to everything 
attitude from from the start so i wanted it to keep it day by day so so yeah in terms of planning um my route it was it was kind of done in the mornings and sometimes it was adhered to and sometimes it wasn't it was very yeah it was very relaxed mostly so were you living on dried pasta and, and kind of stove cooked food then or did you quite often no i didn't i didn't take any stove stuff so I, I could afford one one proper meal a day so i go to a pub in the evening or, or a restaurant in the evening or whatever and throughout the day i just ate um you know i just had bags of nuts and dried fruit and stuff in my bag and i just graze constantly on that throughout the day and then have a nice fat meal in the evening which worked out quite nicely for a while but i mean sometimes i tell you what sometimes i i i would be so i'd be walking through somewhere and you know some someone would just be sort of curious as to why i was there and i get talking to them and whenever someone found out that i'd walked to wherever it was from brighton <laughs> then they um more often than not they they insist on buying me lunch and stuff which was just amazing you know so um did you start wearing an i'm from brighton t-shirt yeah yeah and i started getting really fat buy me lunch t-shirt um <laughs> so so jake when you were walking when you were doing this every day getting up you know you wake up on your own you get up yeah. you know it was a what, what were you thinking when you were walking when you like i'm trying to get out of this the, these i'm trying to get away from this depression i'm trying to cure myself i'm trying to you know what you know what was the kind of point because you know i i've not walked that far but i've done really long runs where i've been in the middle of them and gone what the hell am i doing and why am i doing it and and that's the part where I'm, it all starts to fall apart basically and you know it lasts for three or four minutes but then it goes away but your overarching thoughts what what were they about most to be honest a lot of the time i mean it, it it's crazy how much better i felt you know i feel looking back on the time i was walking to the time before you know the worst period of my life followed almost you know immediately by the, by the best i mean i was i was happy and like to the point of euphoria most days while i was walking and i don't i don't know why exactly that was i mean obviously a certain amount of it was just being outside and being on an adventure and and doing doing something crazy and but there must have been so much more. And, and actually thinking about it now, it, it was probably the, the, the fact that there was no getting around not telling people why I was doing what I was doing. I had to I had to come out and, and come clean to people. And this these are feelings that I've had for forever that I've kind of hated and got annoyed about and tried to deal with on my own for so long. And now all of a sudden I've got. I've got to tell people and open myself up to judgment. That's that's how it felt at the time. And and because the response was more positive than than I could have ever hoped for, then it made me realise that what I was going through wasn't just something I was going through. It was it was it's part of the human condition. You know, some people go through this. I'm not a freak, you know, this is I'm not on my own with this. And and actually I started to realise that that showing people that side of you, that more vulnerable side, is is liberating, and it and it, it makes you want to be someone else less because you start that's that's when you really start to accept who you are, and yeah. so and so by doing that before I set off, and while I was crowdfunding and everything, and speaking to people for those couple of months while I was trying to get match fit, that time, just 
it relaxed me like nothing else ever has. And so by the time it came around to starting the walk and walking, I, I just had the most incredible setting to, to, to feel this liberated. You know, I feel that, like such a big weight's been lifted. Plus, I'm walking on the Dorset coast in summer, you know, and it's an adventure and I'm doing it for this reason. Honestly, I was for, for a good four or five months. I didn't. I didn't even come close to being depressed. And that's kind of crazy to, to think about, considering how unbelievably hopeless it all seemed half a year earlier, less than that, you know. Yeah. And um, the, I mean, I find it hilarious, like from my point of view, that, you know, in, in my case, it would be me. I'd be thinking about where's my next meal coming from? What's going to happen if someone calls in my tent at night? What if my tent blows away? What if it starts raining? Like that would be my overarching thing. But, you know, yeah. when I'm when I'm running I'm from, and I know where I'm going, I'm going from A to B and then it's going to stop at a certain time. I'm like, no, none of those thoughts come into my mind. But, yeah. um, you know, again, it's just like, you know, Obviously, we're not saying to people, if you feel depressed, why don't you go and walk around Britain for a year and a half? Because, you know, that's not going to cure anybody. But <laughs> yeah, but but, you know, it is, um, you know, it's amazing how I guess people's human kindness. You find it when you're kind of out there and you're and you're really, really vulnerable and you're honest with people, which I think is yeah. something that people that sit in offices all day find very, very difficult. You know, you can't tell your boss that you're not you don't feel well. You can't tell your your wife or your sister or your mum because you feel like you're a burden on people and did you find it it was different with strangers you could literally open up more to them than you could to people that maybe you've known for years oh 100 percent, 100 percent. and actually since being back from the walk i feel a little more like i did before i went away now and i think a lot of it is to do with how relentlessly honest i could be with people because they were strangers over the last year and a half and one thing I noticed, I mean, obviously it takes a certain kind of person to, 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 to become that vulnerable around, you know, a stranger is a stranger, you know, <laughs> we all work on initial judgments of people. But I mean, I was very fortunate in that most people, more or less exclusively, you know, everyone I bumped into along the way wanted to have a conversation, wanted to have a chat and, and was perfectly happy hearing me go, go off on one about why I was doing what I was doing. And as a result, it made them feel safe to, to open up as well. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm not just having, you know, little half arsed little conversations with people about how far I've walked that day. I'm actually properly engaged with people, you know, locked in talking about real stuff. And, and that's, you know, the more and more that happened, the more I realized that that's, that's the magic of, of the, the sort of mental health conversation, if you like. I mean, that's just the broadest term possible, but, but real stuff, you know, talking about real, what you're really feeling, um, it doesn't drive people away. It, it brings them closer together. It really does. And it's, it's one of the very few conversations that I would class as magical <laughs> for that reason. Did you, did you come across anybody that, that, Go on, sorry. Sorry, did you come across anybody that tried to cure you? Did you come across anybody that was like, oh, right, you know what you should do? You should do this, that, the other. You should go and do a week-long meditation. Or did you come across anyone that basically tried to fix you? Or did you find it was more like an open-ended conversation that you could have with everyone? Yeah, it was just like a constantly evolving bag of ideas. Like no one was really pushing an ideology onto me at any point. I mean, I heard some really cool self-care stuff, obviously, through some of the people that I, I saw. 
like I stayed with this girl Lynn in the Highlands and her thing was being with being in cold water you know cold water swimming and I was in the Highlands in maybe yeah very more or less exactly a year ago about October last year so it's cold up there really cold and then I've got Lynn wanting to take me down the beach before I head off in the day to go swimming and I was having none of it, obviously, but but she, yeah. she got in like she she had this she got me in paddling, which you know I pretended to like and was like, oh yeah yeah that's wow I feel really refreshed. I'm like oh my god it's agony, and then all of a sudden she's like, you know the seas the seas kind of calling me. Do you mind if I if I go in? I'm like no, like do what you got to do, and I, I I sat myself down ready to laugh because I was like she's there's no way she's getting in there. And she just she took her clothes off and she just started slowly walking in and she just didn't stop walking. She walked right up to, to her shoulders. And then when her head finally went under, I felt the breath leaving my body. I was just like, oh, oh my God. Oh. <laughs> but she came out like she, she, she and she, she didn't thrash around or like try and warm up when she was in there. She just like lay there for four or five minutes and then came out. And I've never seen such contentment in her face. You know, it was just, she just, I mean, she was glowing, obviously, because she must have been fucking freezing. But she was, she just looked so calm and at peace and tranquil, you know. It was great. It was really, honestly, one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. <laughs> See, someone yeah, that sounds, like actual, that, that sounds like actual hell on earth to me. I'd be like, no, I know, right, thanks. Like, I, I really see, I'm starting to see the merit in, in, in exposure to cold water these days, but I'm just too... I haven't got the guts for it. I haven't got the, <laughs> yeah, there's just no way. But, um, but no, I mean, I didn't, it's some, I've, I met some people who maybe whose, whose views on it were kind of antiquated, you know, the small percentage of people out there who still think that, um, it's, it's something that you can just overcome by pure willpower. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's fine though. You know, there's people, people arrive at those decisions for, for good reason. You know, they think, you know they've they've been through a certain amount of things in their life and and that maybe they've had people close to them suffer and they haven't quite understood it for so long that you know and i think going into every conversation with that mindset for me you know not not wanting to correct people or any but just to hear different opinions it kind of relieved anyone of uh, you know a responsibility to cure me in any way because i just listened to them and <laughs> listen to what they reckon for a little while and then if i agree i agree and if i don't then we end up having a conversation it was just i learned so much so much so do you, did you have any fights with anyone did you meet someone did you, meet, did you meet anyone that you're like i actually hate you and i'm gonna have a row with you not really like i i don't um no yeah I'm, I'm trying to think i'm sure there must have been at least one but i can't think of it right now i really can't I mean, I, I, no, 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 nothing more than just like a, you know, what are you doing, you idiot, if someone cuts me up or something. But no, no, yeah. no, like I didn't meet anyone who I then thought, right, this person's not. For, oh my god, I, do you know what? I nearly had one. This is a good story. So I was, <laughs> I was walking through Newquay and I, I, I stopped somewhere and it's about five in the afternoon. I stopped to have a look at my map and I could smell someone smoking weed and I'd sort of turn around and was like, mm, who's that? And there's this guy, sort of like 55 year old guy, having a beer and, and, and smoking a spliff on a bench. And, 
and he said something to me that I couldn't quite hear. So I went over, ended up talking to him for a little while, told him that I'd walked there from Brighton. And it turns out he was an ex-serviceman. So he was saying, oh, are you doing this? Are you doing that with your feet? And he seemed he seemed quite sort of unhinged in my initial assessment. But but he was actually incredibly knowledgeable about what I should be doing with my feet. And I wasn't doing any of that shit. So I yeah. he, he literally you like, weren't even wearing pants. I so. wasn't even wearing, well, by that time I was wearing pants, but I wasn't doing things like putting, um, you know, taking my boots off and letting them air at every available opportunity and covering my feet in talcum powder before I set off all this kind of thing. And so in the end, he he was like, "Look, I've got some stuff at my house. Come back with me." <laughs> well, this is it, and, puppy. And I'll, and I'll give it to you. And I was just say, in that moment, like he, he caught me at such a weird. <laughs> caught me so off guard that I was just like oh yeah of course I couldn't think of any reason quick enough to say no so here I am walking back to this guy's house and I'm sort of imagining the kind of place he's yeah, totally fucking judging the guy obviously trying to imagine what sort of place he lives in and none of it's very positive in my head and um and we get back there and his house is just beautiful it's just so nice and so like not what I was expecting and then uh, and I was like, so you're here alone? And he said, no, I'm, I'm here with the wife. I was like, all right. And she came out and she was dressed in like a suit and not what I was expecting again. And I was just like, God, what is going on here? And she looked at me like I was scum. Like I'd been walking for a good few months then. And there was times where I looked pretty trampy. And obviously he's turned up and just said to his wife, oh, this is, <laughs> he's turned up and got a the stone. He's like, oh, this is Jake. I've met him up the bus stop. Yeah, he's going to stay with us tonight. And so Amazing. She, she instantly looked like, who the fuck is this tramp? And uh, and the guy was like, "Look, Jake, go and have a shower if you want. I've just got to talk to I've just got to talk to my wife." So I went in there and I locked the door, and they just started having this huge row. And oh, like, "What yeah. are you doing? Bring some tramp in my house? What if he robs us in the night?" And then he turns around, and he's like, oh, "If he robs us, I'll break his fucking legs." <laughs> and I'm just like locked in the bathroom, like, "Oh my god, what is happening?" So I I have the. Uh, uh, <laughs> I have the shower because you know, I'll take the shower. I'm in there. I'm safe in there. And then sort of rehearse what I'm going to say afterwards. You know, I'm going to go out there and go, look, you're obviously not comfortable with me being here. Really appreciate the shower. I was going to camp anyway. I'll, I'll see you later. And um, I finish having the shower and I go out and I go into the living room and she's got dinner on the go. And she's like, oh, hi, Jake. In you come. Do you like chicken? Have a seat. And he's like, yeah, come on, Jake. Sit down. And, a beer. <laughs> and everything was just totally cool. <laughs> and I had no idea what happened in the tongue between me locking the door and having the shower. But they, they together, they decided that I was all right and that I should stay. Wow, <laughs> that, that, sound, that kind of sounds like the start of a horror film. It really does. Yeah. Okay, yeah, get yeah, out. There was a time where I thought they might sort of. When I came out of the bathroom, they'd be ready to sort of jump on me, cut me up, turn me into art, hang me above the mantelpiece. Amazing. <laughs> Because you, you said you said before thankfully that they, hey, thankfully it was all fine because everyone's actually really nice usually, <laughs> and I totally misjudged the guy. Yeah, yeah you, you said before that kind of talking to people really helped with with how you felt. Do, do you think that partly previously you hadn't done that, and so therefore you were trapped with all these negative thoughts in your head that then grew and, and created kind of a strong depression? Yeah, I think so. I think trying to be pretending that I don't know because I've always really admired people you know I, I really admire some of the friends that I have and the people that are in my life and I've always had this thing where I I want to I slightly I want to emulate them slightly I want to have qualities that they have and 
And I start. I remember thinking that from a really early age, and that all that did was just make me feel shitty about myself. You know, mm. Ooh, started off. I mean, that sounds like quite a sort of superficial thing to to get down about, but I, I don't know. It did affect me for like quite quite massively. You know, that I wasn't the this guy in the group. How this person looked like they could just handle anything. You know, I was very sort of drawn to. Um, very sort of drawn to more masculine um, guys in in that way. You know, I used to admire masculine guys a lot. And I just, and that's obviously, they obviously had qualities that I didn't think I had. And that made me feel emasculated. And, and that made me feel even more like shit. I don't know. Like, I think it, it's weird. You do, you think a lot about how much of it is, is my fault. Like how, how, if I have got over this superficial shit earlier, would I be, would I've got in the mess that I did? You know, it's, it's weird. It's weird to think about. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you on that. Like, and I think the whole um, internet thing, as much as it's a brilliant thing is also um, not great for that because you can look at people's Instagrams. You can look at people's Facebooks. You can think, you know, somebody, yeah. um, especially within groups, um, Facebook groups and all that sort of stuff. And actually you don't know that person and you don't know what's going on behind their, their mask. And especially with men with a whole, like, you know, you, you look towards masculine men or men who are, you know, masculine in the, the kind of the, the old fashioned way that we see it, who are strong, yeah. don't talk about their feelings, don't cry. But yeah. actually you have no idea what is going on behind that person. And you can think, you know, yeah. you're rich, you're happy, you've got a wife and they can be in agony. You just don't yeah. know. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And it's like, you know, it's like, what, what am I chasing by, by wishing I was more like those people? You know, that's what I really start to think, you know, while I was, you know, I, I feel genuinely great these days. And it's because I did so much work on myself while I was walking. This is, this is why walking is so good. And again, you don't have to, it doesn't have to turn into a lifestyle like it did with me, but, but walking and it, it, it puts ideas and puts things, puts thoughts in the forefront of your mind and you just have to deal with them then because that's, <laughs> because that's all there is you know it's just you and the outside and, and your thoughts and sometimes it's hard to think about but sometimes it's really interesting and some sometimes you fall down a rabbit hole and you, you end up thinking about really abstract things and, and you have no idea how you got there but I think all of it is sort of exercising your subconscious and and and, and ultimately figuring figuring out things about yourself and why you are a certain way and how and when you start figuring out those things then you can you can forgive yourself for being certain ways you know I, I feel like a lot of I didn't understand who I was for such a long time and and that and that was frustrating for me and I felt other people had definitely figured themselves out and were living in a in a world where they were just incredibly confident and and had it all together you know which like you just said, is is very rarely the case. Yeah, but the other thing is, I think people talk about having depression. You know, they they say things like commit suicide or the depression is a negative, it's negative thoughts. There's so much negative mm. conversation around it. But personally, I find that I, I know that if I was, if my brain wasn't the way it was, and if if I did hadn't had the the downs, then I wouldn't have had the ups. And I feel like mine yeah. is an inherent part of my personality. I should no longer feel as a negative thing, but celebrate it because 
it, it makes you do things that you would never otherwise think to do. And right. the whole getting out there, walking around the UK or, or, or having a voice and you, you know, for, for me, you're someone that people should look towards because you are honest and you will tell people the way that things are. And it's not all fine wine and Belgian chocolates and it's, and it's not all brilliant. One of the questions that we had in the group, um, from someone was, do you feel like your situation, your mental health is taken more seriously now you're better known? And I read an interview, uh, actually a piece recently in the Guardian with someone who said, you know, I suffer from bipolar, but the difference is I'm not Amy Winehouse and I'm not, you know, mm. that person who's the, the tortured artist. I am, you know, Megan who works in Sainsbury's and so nobody mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. looks to me as a tortured artist they look at me as someone that's miserable or can't control their 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 feelings right. um and you know so how do you kind of do you kind of how do you kind of feel about you know your depression do you feel like it's given you open doors to you or do you feel like it is something that you wish you'd never suffered I I think it would be dishonest to say that it hasn't helped me um enormously in terms of sort of the opportunities that I've been offered and, and, and my general state of mind, which is, I'm thankful to say is, is very content these days. Um, and yes, I, I acknowledge that without, without depression, none of that, you know, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be possible. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a really tricky one. You said something really interesting there about, you know, you're not in the, you know, some people, the people, which is, there is the vast, vast majority of people who are not in the public eye. They don't have this. No one can romanticize their mm. mental health issues. No one can, you know, think that it adds to your character because no one's got fucking clue who you are. Um, and that is very interesting. And I, I, I don't know. I don't I don't want to start. Because this is a rabbit hole when we start talking about yeah. <laughs> about about technology and the advancements and the things we now have to deal with and the and the the smoke screen and the the rose tinted lifestyle that we seem to believe more than what's actually going on. Let's not fall down there because we'll be here for fucking days. But, yeah. <laughs> but totally agree. Um, but at the same time, it's 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 worth acknowledging a little bit. <laughs> let's say because. Because yeah, I mean, I I feel I feel like I've I've owned my my mental health problems in a in, in a way that I now feel. I mean, empowered is a word that's starting starting to get thrown around a bit much these days for me. But it does it it, it does feel empowering to um. But you know, I think I think the, the message here and, and it's been accepted and and as yeah. it's been accepted out there. It makes it a lot easier for me to accept. You know. Yeah, I mean, the message here, you know, because I, I totally agree, I don't want to go down this massive rabbit hole of, of doom, but um, the message here is basically, you know, um, I look at, I hear stuff from people in the group and I hear stuff from people generally in life who are like, oh, you know, I could never do that or I don't have time to do that or I have kids, I can't go on a massive adventure, I can't just, you know, drop everything and go and do stuff. But I feel like people should see any of their, their, of their mental health and everybody has mental health be it good or bad or medium or all yeah. over the shop but as as you know not as a boundary or as i can't do that because but as an opportunity to not, yeah, not right. necessarily walk around britain but to go do you know what i might join a five-a-side team or do you know what i might go to cinema once a week and treat myself or do you know right. what i might use these feelings I'm to write there. something down yeah um yeah. you know you can utilize the negativity to kind of do something positive i think 100 percent. like there's there's some people out there who you know there's there's a percentage of people out there who, i mean let, let's let's talk about personal crisis for a sec let's talk about breaking point like with some people 
that's it's too much for them to handle and they and you know that's lights out time very sadly some people are able to to find a way to deal with it and to manage it and to move forward but there's a percentage of people where hitting rock bottom can unlock some sort of potential they didn't even know they had i believe you know there's there's yeah. some people out there that have done some unbelievable things you know and and have, have gone from being what they perceive to be a very ordinary person into an extraordinary person and i'm not saying that you know there's only a percentage of people out there who who can achieve that but it's it speaks volumes that people can go through something so so awful and then turn it around in a way that they owned it and actually it's it's inspired something else in them and they've gone on to do something else and help other people as a result of it like that's that's special uh, like that's, mm. and, and it's and it happens a lot it happens an awful lot and so yeah. ev- everyone has the potential even even if they think all hope is lost you know even even the, voc- the vocabulary of that because I, I think part of the trouble with society now is that everyone feels they have to be special and actually yeah we're not, yes. we're not going to be special there's there's seven billion of us and if you're if all you're aiming for is to be because I, I saw something recently where they were saying the trouble is now with people with interests is that it's not good enough to just enjoy doing something you have to be incredibly good at it um right. for it almost to be seen as worthwhile you know you can't just enjoy knitting a little bit you've got to be doing the biggest rug or um if you're right. a runner you know you've got to be doing a huge ultra or you've got to be breaking pb times and so i think that part of society and is from instagram as well is, is the pressure is that you've got to be the best you can be but i don't think you do i think you know, it's i think we'll be a better society when people are quite happy not being the best they can be and just quite enjoy being just who they are. Yeah, well, that's it, 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 all, all matters about how, on how you define being the best person you can be. Mm. And I think I think a lot of people believe that it is about um, the sort of things you were talking about, the the achieving recognisable personal bests and 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 earning the most amount of money that that they can. Um, but that is just one one way to, to to have the best life possible, isn't it? That's that's the material way. And the other way is to not achieve any of that and just be happy that you're there and to just and, uh, you know, you don't have to knit the biggest scarf in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That was your first like example. <laughs> um, I'm pretty cold yeah, right yeah, now. That's what it I, is. A bit I, chilly. I think, I think some, something that's that's far more valuable is. um you know, and this is my inner hippie coming out here massively. But you know, something even you know, something much better um to to try and achieve is is the inner contentment and to and to not feel like you need to be to be validated on doing being the best at something or, or earning the most at something or you know, it's all about motivation. Like I, I th- that kind of stuff doesn't motivate me as much as working on myself, whereas Whereas other people would rather it was the other way around and instincts about the other way around. It's, it's, it's a tough one and it, and it all boils down to the individual. But I do think, I do think if you're a certain type of person, then, then looking inward and, and trying to work on yourself is a much better, um, way to spend your time than, than trying to climb up 
the ladder at work you know and it's also a way of it's reducing the number of external factors that can influence your happiness because if you're yeah right if, you, if you're the more of those that you do then the less control you have about being happy whereas actually if you can set yourself goals that aren't necessarily to do with um things out of your control then yeah. you're always going to win yeah yeah for sure yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah let's do that instead please <laughs> and so if you when you go to a dark place now um i mean yeah. what what's different in how it feels and what's different to how you now treat it and how you cope with it there's not an awful lot of difference in how it feels um that that is always hard work um but i i accept what it is now but you know i i didn't know what i had was depression until until i was 30 you know mm. Um, I thought it was just some kind of weird defect that I had. So when it comes, I know that that's what's going on and it's shit, but it will be over at some point. That's, that's what I do now rather than think, I mean, you know, I, I'll still get the feeling that everything's gone to shit and I'm mm. a terrible person and no one deserves, you know, I don't deserve to be here and all this sort of thing. I'll have all those thoughts still, but, um, it's a lot easier to just go, oh, shut up. <laughs> now yeah and just and just kind of and ride it out and you know i just that that's it's very difficult to apply any kind of logic when you're feeling that way and that's mm. about the only bit of logic i i can apply now it's like fuck it this is going to be shit for a while but it will be over at some point oh, yeah i Maybe. have this um i have this fun little guy who i carry around with me he's like rumpelstiltskin he's like a little um no me man and right. um, he he is that he is that thought he is those thoughts he is the what the fuck are you doing you're not good enough you're never going to be able to do that you yeah. know he's that person and i this is what this is my personal coping strategy he's always with me like walking just behind me usually on the floor he's like a foot high right okay I, i'm seeing things maybe i should get to the doctor but um I was told that if he does start talking to me, that I should hold on to him, give him a cuddle and just sit with him. Right. And I found that to be an amazing strategy for coping with it. And I'll let him talk and he can say whatever he wants about me for five minutes, but I'm going to give him a big old cuddle and That's then great. he's quiet. And then he just quietens down because you can't stop those thoughts going on in your head. And I think people no. should realize that there is no cure for that. You know, you can go and take drugs. You can have therapy. You can do all of this sort of stuff. But ultimately, you have to accept that this is a part of your psyche and a part of who you are. And I think um, and you, you can you use that guy. And keep you can. Face. You know, yeah, you, you can whatever you can. But, um, but but just acknowledge him and, and, you know, don't try and fight it. Don't try and put on that face of everything is awesome because mm-hmm. everything is not awesome. And unless you say to somebody, oh, little Nomi man is with me today, um, not maybe, <laughs> maybe not in those words, um, then, uh, then you you're never going to. What that of... signifies first, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's okay. That's completely normal. Everybody has a little Nomi man. I mean, yeah. if you're trying to turn your negative into a scarf, so into a positive, you could decide that whenever you're in your dark place that you start knitting the world's longest scarf. And therefore, yeah. the more in the dark place you are, the closer to that world record you are. So it's kind of win-win. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is, I'm getting Amazing. so good advice from you guys. <laughs> but, but, We're not qualified. We're not qualified for advice, I have to say that. Uh, my friend does something similar to what um to what you do she uh she she has ocd so she's um uh yeah this is you know it's obviously a very very serious illness and uh and she calls her symptoms something as well she's personified her symptoms and she she calls them jareth the goblin king um, amazing 
Yeah, yeah, David Bowie from... Uh, yeah, from Labyrinth. Oh, from is Labyrinth. that his name? Oh, amazing. He calls him that because he's dangerous but ever so slightly enticing. And so by personifying the feeling she has, she feels like it's it's someone that she can, you know, at least talk to and try and bargain with, you know. So that's a really yeah. cool idea. I really like that. And for people, because, you know, Ali sometimes says she's down, you know, even to me. And when when someone says that to me as someone who doesn't understand depression that well, it almost sounds like I've got this massive um, bleeding cut that you can't heal. I'm just telling yeah. you about it. And then I go, OK, that sucked. And I don't know what else to do or to say. I mean, is there anything we can say or do that that is useful? Um Thanks for asking that question, man. That's, that's a really, that's a really good one. Um, and obviously, again, you can probably tell by this point that I'm not going to give a straightforward answer because, because, <laughs> because of life and all its variables. Mm. But, um, but I think the one, the one thing I will say is you don't, you don't have to sit down, turn the music off, put the chairs in a circle. <laughs> uh, you don't even have to look, you know, whoever it is seriously in the eye and ask if they want to talk there are other ways less you know less kind of um sort of sharp ways of of being present and i think that's all you need to be with people you people need to know that you're you're concerned for them and you have to you know it's your responsibility i guess to to weigh up how that specific person responds to that sort of thing so but you know, it's easy to be present. You just you just got to give a shit, you know. And mm. and sometimes that's all people need. Um, if, I've got to say, mean, I've got to say, Helard's very good at that. You're very good at that because if I ever say, if when I meet you, you know, we went out on Thursday, and I was like, oh my god, I feel really depressed. I'm really worried about this, that, and the other. Mm. Um, I think I mentioned topping myself in January, so I have to pay my tax bill, yeah, all tax that sort bill. of stuff. Yeah. And and you and you basically were just like, yeah, that's shit. Anyway, let's watch this band. Let's have a few pints. Have a nice time. Um, yeah. And I was, that's all I needed. I just need you to know that yeah. I feel like for no reason. I don't want you to save me. I don't want you to make me feel better. I don't want you to call the freaking um, mental health people to come and take me away. I don't want any of that. I just want you to know that this is how I feel. And now it's out in the open that, you know, the little man has had his say. And now we've just <laughs> that's, and that's, that's literally it. That's awesome. Like That's another really important thing to say, like, you know, people, it seems like everyone's sort of more or less decided now that we should be talking about these, this sorts of thing more often, but that doesn't take away, you know, you can't decide on, on what the norm is. You know, you have to allow for people not wanting to talk about it. They can, they can know that talking is the best thing for it. You know, they, they can have a fucking Venn diagram where it shows that that is a hundred percent going to help you and they're still not going to feel comfortable doing it. So, you know, it, it, it's about finding. It's about knowing that person and and knowing exactly what. And just be present again. Yeah, I'm just going to repeat what I said first time round. You know, being being present is is the way to go for sure. And 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 hopefully, you know, if you're able to start up a dialogue, then that's it. That's half the battle. Half the battle for most people is actually saying what they really feel when they're in a place where they they are trying to hide it from people. You know, once, yeah. it, it, once, once someone feels like they're in a safe enough environment in order to say, I'm struggling, that's half yeah. the battle. And then, and then, and then you're in, you know, you, and then being present is, is easy because once you start talking to, to someone about that kind of thing, it won't be long before 
bells are ringing. I'm convinced. As soon as people start having these sorts of conversations, it turns into a two-way one really quick. And actually, that's one of the best way, things about talking about mental health. You know, it's not just about offloading what's on your shoulders. It's very often it can it can connect people, and then when it connects, then people start saying things where bells are ringing all over the place and all of a sudden you don't feel quite as alone. So, but you know, it's, there's, there's so many variables, you know, everyone's boundaries, everyone's um, sort of temperament, everyone's, you know, level of denial, you know, all these things are at play and you've got a, it's delicate. Like it's, it's incredibly delicate. Because you you mentioned right at the start that you felt you were, Kind of ticking time bomb until you had the, yeah. the epiphany that you actually did have depression. Um, mm. I mean, what what is the, how do we find these people who are in similar situations? And, and you know, what do we do if we suspect someone is is this time bomb? Because it sounds like they don't realise what the issue is themselves. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really sad that, that there are and there are people out there who don't feel like they can turn to anybody and talk about things and and i think there there isn't there isn't a right answer to this but the, mm. i've thought about it a lot and i think generally speaking um generally speaking if you <sighs> it's very hard to, i'm so conscious that, <laughs> that a lot of people listen to this you know I, re- I try really hard not to sort of give advice just in case it's not the right thing mm. people need to hear you know um Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't. I don't. I don't feel like I can. I, I don't feel comfortable giving an opinion there. Yeah. No, that's fair so, enough. I'd, I'd rather <laughs> you. You know, you would say that rather than I'd jump rather into an answer not, for the sake of it. I'm sure. I'd love to be the kind of person who just rattles off some old bullshit. But um. Mm. <laughs> but but no, it's uh. Hey, like the the, the best the, the the one thing that I will say is that normalising the conversation doesn't hurt. Mm. You know, the, the more often you talk about this sort of, this sort of thing, in the more normal situations you talk about them, in, the, the easier it's going to be for anyone to actually say something. You know, I've I, I try and do it regularly now. You know, I try and ask people how they really are in a in a in a situation where we're kind of having a bit of a laugh, or mm. or you know, if they feel like if it seems like they're in a comfortable place, you know, mentally and and physically then I'll, I'll, I'll ask them how they're doing at that point. And, and generally, if people are in a sort of good mood, then they don't mind talking about the problems <laughs> quite as much. Yeah, do you know what? Do you know what? This is one of the reasons, because this is one of the reasons I love running so much. So I, I do a lot of trail running, and I meet people on those runs, because obviously they're long and drawn out, and it's not a you know, road marathon, so you're not running really fast. I, yeah. I meet people from all walks of life, and I've had conversations with people that I've known for four hours about their how they are and about what's going on in their life that mm. I haven't had with some of my best friends because it's a leveler. It's a weird, you're outside, you're running, you don't know this person and stuff comes out of your mouth that wouldn't otherwise come out of your mouth and thoughts come out. And, yeah. you know, and I think that's, that's where the running community is amazing because um, especially when you come to trail running or ultra running communities, because you're with strangers for a long, long time and you have loads mm-hmm. of things to talk about. And they're, and it's kind of unshockable when you're running. It's like, you just, you know, runners are people that, lube up their bum and don't wear pants sometimes jake and have to poo in a bush and sick in front of each other and are sweaty and disgusting and you know that's in normal society you turn up somewhere completely soaked in sweat and stinking and mm. try and have a conversation with someone they're like you are a weirdo if you're out on a trip with somebody and you're all going through the same 
kind of challenge, talking openly about stuff is actually really, really easy. Yeah, um, you're really, you're making so I would, so much. But I would posit- I positively encourage it from people. Like, if you want to go out, um, if you're, if you're, if you don't feel great, you don't have to be an amazing runner. You can go out and find a trail race or even the long distance walking association. You'll be yeah. with like-minded people who are there for a similar reason. Whenever I go to the start of like, tr- like trail ultras, like the really stupid, really long ones, I look at the start line and I'm like, I know all of us have mental health issues and that's part of the reason that we're doing this. So it's a much more open space. You know, um, we spoke to a guy from the running charity um, this week and he said a similar thing. You know, you go out, you're standing in a line, you're not sat in a therapy room with chairs surrounding you. It's a different environment for you to talk in. It's, it's a yeah. safe environment almost because it's not enclosed. Everything goes, all your whiffles go out into the open and they're kind yeah. of left there. And that, and I really feel strongly about that. And I think people, you know, it's a, it's a really good sort of forum for people to talk to other people. You know, people don't know your name, your address or your phone number. They're not going to tell your mates that you're thinking of killing yourself. They're not going to tell your wife that you're unhappy. You can just kind of get it out there. And, um, I think that's really great. I think it is as well. I think there's an an awful lot to be said for, um, uh, your body being put through stress, physical stress. And so, your uh i don't know if somehow it seems to break down other walls like mental walls as well you for some because i get exactly what you're talking about some of the most honest things i've ever said to anybody have happened while you know london marathon or some other fucking half marathon somewhere like it's something about physical exertion and, and, the, and the effect that that has about, I mean, it might, it might be, you know, that you're just generally more tired. You're, you're more sort of open. You're more sort of okay with being vulnerable. It, it's, I, I think there is definitely a link up between, you know, physical yeah, activity. But you're, you know, you are all vulnerable because you're all runners. And if you are a runner, you're going to go past somebody who looks like they're physically struggling and say, are you okay? Stop. Yeah. Help yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. You see, you really see the best of people in a race don't you you know and and running you do it's it's the most inclusive supportive um you know activity community that that, you know i've ever found and yeah it's i'm so grateful that i I did that program because initially i just thought it was going to be you know an opportunity a platform for me to tell my my version of events of what happened mm. to me in the hope that it might help someone. But actually the, the, the whole process made me fall in love with running and it, it made me see it wasn't about performance and it wasn't about being quick. And it wasn't about all these, all these things I always thought sport was about. It's about so much more than that. Running, running sort of provides the backdrop to, to just, you know, it's, it's the portal to a, to good humans, you know, it's runners are just good, kind, empathetic, supportive, humans and i love it yeah i absolutely love it so you're making me miss it so much by talking about it like this <laughs> put your trainers on go outside have got, a little I've run got i'm i'm crocs oh no just from yeah. all the walkie from uh race to the tower about three months ago it's in the cotswolds it's basically yeah. all elevation change <laughs> so and my t- my calves are really tight anyway and um they just couldn't handle it. So yeah, I've been, I've been crocked since then. Oh, no, and it's Achilles no. so as well, you... which, which they just fucking take forever. And I've just got a lovely bit of, you know, block of scar tissue sat right on my heel. Oh. Yeah. Oh well. 
So what do you what do you do when you can't run to kind or run walk whatever it is? What do you do when you can't? This is another question from one of the do actually. Mm. Um, what do you do when you when you the thing that provides you with therapy, which is running, slash mm. walking, whatever it is? What do you do when you can't do that? Um, so I swim. I like swimming. Plus, it's good for recovery. So I hear. So I do that. I try and do that. But I don't love swimming. That's the thing. You know, I'll, I'll do. I'll swim for a while. And it will be a nice novelty and then that will wear off and it's just, it's just another pain in the arse. Whereas running will never feel like a pain in the arse, you know. Hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, well, if you're not wearing any pants, Jake, it'll always be a pain in the arse if you're not wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's going to ruin other people's day as well if I'm getting in the pool with nothing on. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I... I spend a lot of time on my own, you know. I read, I potter. I like pottering. I just like pottering about, you know. I walk a, I walk around town and I stop in places and I meet people for a bit. And I don't know. I don't know. What do I do? What do people do? How do you have fun? I don't know. <laughs> do brothers, maybe you can put in the group what you do when you can't run because I tend to write things down a lot and then either put them right. on the internet for no one to read or keep them in a little black folder on my computer entitled do not read right <laughs> it's brilliant and do, do you think now you are going to always need a challenge to really um have something to consume you and to look forward to or do you think you'll you now feel you understand yourself well enough that actually you can have a more balanced existence oh man that's such a great question um oh, thank you very much yeah, no worries. Um, I don't know. I I kind of want both. You know, I I'm very grateful for for the work that I've done on myself over the last couple of years, and I'm you know, and, and I'm now in a place where I I accept a lot of things that I was unaccepting of before. However, I don't think I I need to the, the big adventure in order to be happy, but I definitely am am beginning to crave it. You know, I've got ideas for things in the future i don't i don't want great britain to be the only country i circumnavigate you know um choose something like vatican city then you can yeah smash it out <laughs> yeah just do it in an <laughs> afternoon you know you could even do the isle of isle of man or something you probably do that in a very short amount of time yeah run around yeah. belgium that'll take you half a day Why belgium that's really small isn't it yeah is it no it isn't no, belgium's it's half decent size yeah, yeah, there's definitely smaller places in Belgium. Is there? Yeah, well, I mean, one, one of the places one of the places I want to run is um is Iceland, and there's a there's mm. the, a ring road that runs around the whole of Iceland. Yeah. Forget forget his name. Guy in 2015 ran it in a month. Um, I think it's just over just over at uh, 900 miles. I could do it in a month, obviously, but I quite like that as a as a challenge. You so. wouldn't be far off, you know, a power walk. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I, I, I don't want to do another walk now. I want to, I want to run exclusively. Mm. So the last part of the walk, you know, the, the, the trip around Britain, the last section between Edinburgh and Brighton was, I, I ran that. I ran that in six, six weeks. And, uh, Amazing. and remark- was it markedly different in, in all the ass, you know, how you in, in more or less every single way. Yeah. Other than the, the spending time on my own every day. Mm. Um, but I was amazed at how quickly my body adapted to, um, to, to you being used that much every day, you know, mm. 
that's pretty incredible. But the main difference was that I wasn't sleeping in my tent every night. So obviously couldn't run with this enormous backpack on. Mm. So I had to send that home and run with just a day pack, which meant that I had to find someone to stay with every single night. And I did a, a sort of dry run of how it was going to be in the, in the Highlands. You know, I put a message out on social media and appeal for places to stay for winter, sort of out, outline kind of what, who I was, what I was doing and, and, and where I was passing through. And then if anyone who followed me, you know, luckily I had a big enough following at that point that people were sharing a lot of my stuff. Yeah. You know, just thinking, okay, if anyone knows of anyone who lives in this weird little town in this place, tag them. I get tagging and I ended up staying with a different person every day for about five or six weeks. It was just madness. It was just a, and every single person I stayed with, it was like I stayed in their house. They fed me. They wanted to hear all about my story. They told me all their story. You know, it was a real experience every single time and a real snapshot into people's lives. You should cook a really big dinner for everyone. No, they they cooked me a mess. Do you know what? I ate better in that six weeks than I've ever eaten just living at home on my own because <laughs> everyone made such an effort with dinner. I mean, now you said it'd be really cool for you to cook like a massive banquet and get everyone to come for them to all meet each other and to oh, be really man, interesting. That'd be the best. Uh, honestly, uh, there's little in life that would make me happier than that. And actually, <laughs> the, the, the very final day when I, I went from Peacehaven to to Brighton it's just five miles I kept it at five miles in case everyone wanted to join me which they did it was awesome but it was friends family and people that I'd met along the way so people who'd put me up who obviously hadn't met any of my friends and family they were all there as well and it was just it, it was so moving you know to see some guy that who put me up in Dorset sat there chatting with my brother you know <laughs> it was really amazing, really amazing. <laughs> but the weird thing one is, of the um Go on, sorry. Sorry, Jake. Um, you continue, sorry. No, I was just going to say, you know, because I stayed with people for generally for sort of between 15 and 24 hours. Yeah. Every single time I think, oh, there's no way I'm going to forget you. Like we've, we've been through too much. <laughs> we've talked about too much and you fed me and I've stayed in your spare room and of course I'm going to remember you. But because this was, this was happening every single yeah. night. There's people that I, 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 there's faces I can't remember. I, there's towns I went through where I can't remember who I stayed with. And that's a bit I've, sad. I've had nights I can't remember who I stayed with. Uh, you know, too many, <laughs> too many. Jake, <laughs> um, one of the, um, one of the questions we got asked repeatedly on the Facebook group for you was what happened when you got back? Like after you've done this massive, massive mm. adventure and then all your friends and family come meet you at the end and everything's mm. brilliant. You're glorious. Yeah. You've completely what you set out to do then the next day you go home you go to bed you wake up and then what happens plan a trip to india that's what i did i went to india a couple of weeks after i finished um just did you always have that plan was it like a, i need to go somewhere because otherwise i won't be able to cope or was it uh i'm just going to go to india uh well it was my mum's birthday so she was she was turning 50 and she she wanted it, her present to be me uh, my brother and my sister all out in India with her. So we did that and it was fucking amazing. So it, it kind of, it, we always knew it was going to happen like soon after the, the walk finished. And we were kind of hoping, obviously, you know, the walk needed to finish before we, because, you know, we, we were booked to go for, mm. for ages, but 
again, I just feel like I didn't make a conscious effort to go away and have another little adventure straight away, but it was the hundred percent the thing to do. <laughs> but were, and I think were you just putting I'll, off that that down that negative feeling till after that holiday, or did it actually help no, kind of step down? No, it, it didn't. It didn't put off any kind of you know. I, the, the walk had still finished. I'm still left to process what's happened. Mm. But because I'm somewhere else and I'm in this, you know, you know, just incredible place. Mm. But also relaxing and sitting and sitting on beaches and thinking a lot. I'm able to to process it all in a way that's not that doesn't make me miss it instantly and mm. doesn't doesn't make me sad necessarily. And you know, I I started to I, I learned early on to look back on it fondly, and that's that's still how I look back on it now. So, um. I mean, I think there probably was, I can't remember it now, but I think there probably was a little period. Do you know what, actually? The first bit of when I was in India, I was a bit down. and I didn't really know why. Maybe that was why. Hmm. Um, but but no, I mean, I, I, I was over there and I started writing and I started writing a little bit, but, you know, looking over all the old pictures and stuff. And because I was in, you know, having my own little adventure away from it, I was I was able to, to yeah, think about it and look on it as like a happy thing rather than the thing that I was really going to miss. So... Again, got lucky, I guess, <laughs> in circumstance. I think it's almost a little bit, a bit of you know booking a, a summer holiday in the winter because it, it gives you that light, yeah, sure. isn't it? Yeah, it gives you that positivity to look forward to. Um, and and even you know, people without mental health issues, at the end of huge challenges, if you've been training for a marathon PB or you've been you know going building up to a massive ultra, will have mm. a similar drop off because. Sometimes it's because you've really thought that if you could just do this thing, it would change your life. It would make a difference. Everything would would be different, and that never is the case. Sometimes it's no, just because you've got not. all this time and and you've no longer got a um, you've got anything to aim for. But I I always try try and put something in the diary, even if it's in a year's time, that to look forward to or something to kind of aim for, or else you do yeah. lose kind of lose your lose your way a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, some people definitely. Um, you're making me want to sign up for a marathon, <laughs> like, like now. <laughs> I've got uh, a good idea. Do you guys sign Jacob for something? We won't tell him what it is. Just do it for early next year, and let's go and do it. Yeah, do you know what? If, if, if anyone actually did that, I would a hundred percent do it. I love that shit. Seriously, I'm going to sign, sign you up. I'm going to sign you up for something, and then get. In I'm going to sign you up for knitting classes. No, this one is called the. Um, it's the car park marathon. It's the Sussex Trail Events marathon. So it's up and down a multi-story car park to the distance of a marathon. It's horrendous. Yeah, oh, that's that that tough. Game. No, 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 no. Get me something. Get me something somewhere nice. Don't uh, okay. stitch me up. Okay, we'll, we'll think about it. Um, yeah, I'm the same with the, with the whole. Um, because I, I tend to have events every weekend or or like long runs every weekend that are planned with other people because I can't deal with that. That right. God, I've got nothing. I've got, I think one of the what really important things to mention is the fact that you know you need to sit with what you've achieved because I think when you when you finish something like that, you're kind of a bit blasé about it. I don't know if you were the same where you're like, oh right, that's that, done that. Now what's next? Yeah, I actually, was actually, reflection yeah. of it is like Jesus fucking Christ, I've achieved this mental thing, yeah. um, and. In being blasé about what you have achieved, that can make you feel not worthless, but like, you know, you get that, that what was the point of it thing. So I think sitting with what you've done and, and reflecting on what you've done is great. Going to India was a brilliant idea because obviously you had yeah. two weeks 
kind of go, okay, I've done this. It's amazing. Um, without wanting to stand on a podium and be like, look at me. I walked around the UK. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really important. I think after I did a last year, I did my first hundred miler and after I'd uh, finished, well done. I went back to the hotel on my own and I tried to go to sleep and I couldn't. And then I had people calling me and obviously going, Oh, well done. That's amazing. But I was just like, it's not, it's fine. It's done. It's no, no biggie. I didn't win. My time's not amazing. I'm right, this, right. that. And about two weeks after that, I kind of got, got really fell into a really bad episode of depression. And I now think looking back on it, part of the reason was because I didn't personally celebrate my achievement. I just brushed it under the carpet. Something else yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of people who do, um, these ultras do feel struggle with mental health um they don't tend to go look back and go you know what i've achieved something amazing um and like i say you don't need to fucking go write a book about it or or shout from the rooftops how brilliant you are but for personal achievement i think it's important to reflect on that and um, not a lot of people do it and they don't do it enough or they pick holes in what they've done and say it wasn't fast enough i wasn't good enough i wasn't top 10 um i don't think that's what it's about no, I don't either. I mean, it's it's really sad, really. People people obviously do it because they don't feel like they deserve accolades. They don't feel yeah. like what what they've achieved does does you know comes even close to the amount of stuff that's wrong with them. Mm. You know, it's yeah. born out it's born out of self hatred. It's really sad. It's really yeah. really sad. But um, you know, if everyone's everyone's got their own things to deal with, you know, it's um tough it's tough out there <laughs> it is tough out there yeah um awesome hellard have you got anything else to ask can i, was... I ask you something actually you've you've got um some album artwork up on your wall there behind you <laughs> I, it's the darkness isn't it it's the pinewood smile artwork it's signed darkness fan. yeah signed by them i love them i think they're brilliant oh man, amazing it's so it's so rare that i i meet other darkness fans <laughs> <laughs> people just forgot about them and actually because i forgot about them for about eight years and then i went to see them and they were just so good they could... aren't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the energy just everything about them yeah yeah me and my best mate we um we both love them we always sort of joke we always say i can't believe no one's no one knows there's, they're, they're this amazing band and no one knows they're amazing <laughs> it's like oh you're all so deprived yeah that's uh that's just me geeking out on them i suppose but yeah i, I saw it a minute ago and i was like i've got to, i've got to put him up we'll have there. to um we'll have to go to a gig together yeah yeah for sure man yeah That'd be just, brilliant. So, just so you guys just so you guys know um i'm a, i'm going for a drink with the manager of the darkness tonight so if you guys want, it, want me to get you in uh, I'll get you. are you really yeah no really well Amazing. Well, Amazing. I, I, I can't quite think about how I want to exploit that yet, but can I get back to you and <laughs> maybe in yeah, a couple of days of I'll, I'll see, see if there's some way that can work I'll for get, my advantage. I'll get him to come and do a gig in Hellar's living room and then you can all go. <laughs> Book him for my wedding, Ali. Yeah. Okay. Book okay. him for my wedding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Look it> out. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been, um, I mean, it's just been a topic that I think we've, we've wanted to try and cover or at least attempt to cover for a long time because um it, it often isn't spoken about and i for one have always thought it's, it's far too important to leave down to um people putting in random um advice in a facebook group um i agree yeah so um yeah thank you thank you so much for that and thank um, you thank you for inviting me on thanks for thinking of me yeah it's, yeah, it's been great
Yeah, be my pleasure. Have you, anything, have you got anything coming up that you want to tell us about, Jake? Anything exciting that we should be following? And where can mm. we find you on the social medias? Mm. Okay, so I've just been given a radio show on BBC Sussex and BBC Surrey. Cool. It's a weekly, loosely mental health-based show. Uh, you can play on the iPlayer. That's every Thursday at nine. If you just go onto iPlayer and search for Open Up with Jake Tyler, you should find it. Um, I've had some really cool guests on. I've had Matt Haig on, Dan Keeley. I don't know if you know who he is. Yeah. Um, and a few people. So that's going on. And that's, that's kind of taking up most of my time at the moment. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, but I am. Have you booked in an Ali Bailey yet? <coughs> who, sorry? Have you booked in an Ali Bailey yet? Oh God! I think she's very good. Who's that again? That's a good point. That's I think me. He's a lo- he's allergic oh, to you, no. Ali. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah, impact yeah, you've had? I know I've had such massive impact. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so well known. <laughs> Even on your um, own podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm like the guy that plays guitars for the darkness when they play live who's dressed in black behind a curtain nobody knows who he is or that he's there that's me what you mean Dan Hawking Dan Hawking yeah <laughs> or Frankie Frankie the guy um, who's one of the most elaborately dressed men on earth he's such an enigma isn't he I love him he's such a question mark I don't know, I don't know who he is Frankie Prolane and I love that <laughs> <laughs> all he does is just drives back um but no, yeah, um, on, on social media, I'm at BlackDogWalks underscore BDW on Insta and Twitter. And uh, I've got a Facebook page, which is just Facebook.com slash BlackDogWalks. So, and yeah. Great. Thanks very much for having me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. <coughs> Thanks so much, Jake. And let us know when you finally decide what your next big challenge is, because we're going to uh, make sure we follow or, and help or, you know where you can. Or we'll, let, or we'll let you know what your next big yeah. challenge is. Indeed. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, thanks, cool. Jake. All right. Well, thanks very much. Cheers, man. Bye. 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 He's lovely, isn't he, Jake? Oh yeah. What a great guy. Yeah. Really entertaining as well. Really. Well, he seems like the kind of guy that he's he's lived the life of a do badder quite heavily, isn't he? He just doesn't give a shit, does he? And I absolutely love that about him. Like, he's just like, yeah, you know, just go walk around the UK. That to me is like, right, I need to plan this. I'll do it in four years. The first thing I'm going to do is save up all my pennies. Like, we're so different. Me and him are so different, but we are so similar. Um, and I think that's something that everyone can take away from this podcast. You cannot define depression or mental illness as one thing it is a plethora of things and there are so many different ways that people suffer um and i think it's really important that everyone keeps their eyes and ears open um to it because you may think that you are okay or you may think your partner is okay or you may think your best friend is okay but that's not always the case it's really important to kind of look out for people and when you say to someone hey man how you doing actually take notice of what they say back to you um so yeah it's great um just a quick one for anyone listening. If you are worried about yourself or you're worried about a friend or family member, there's lots of ways you can get help. Um, Mind or a great charity, you can reach out to them online. Um, they tend to have um, 
little small offices all around the country um, in uh, various places. So there's always someone on hand. Calm are a charity uh, specifically for men because men find it very, very difficult to talk about this. You can reach out to them. Or if you're in the group um, and you want to, uh, a bit more of a personal touch, you can uh, DM me, um, Ali Bailey, and I will point you in the right direction because I have got a black book full of people that that I know can help you. Um, As David said, posting in a public group wherever that group is is not always helpful because people can comment or they can write things that they think are hilarious but that might tip you over the edge so um it's it's so important to talk it's so important to ask for help and I'm, we're not saying please don't ask for help but we're not a mental health group we are a group of complete and absolute idiots who sometimes like to go running and we hate cyclists so um yeah if you do need any help reach out to me get on the internet google it and and talk to somebody but the thing you have to take away from this is look out for your mates look out for your family look out for your friends and look after yourself that's the most important thing yeah yeah and i I think especially in the past uh, especially men mental health depression it's almost seen as as a weakness and it's not it's just a thing that happens to people that that they have no control of you know it isn't something that will necessarily happen to some people or others it's just a thing that happens and we got to deal with it and it sounds from what jake says the best way to deal with it is to talk to people about it just be honest just be open and um and hopefully by doing that everyone comes to understand it a little bit more Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah awesome cool well if you've if you've liked this episode we said at the beginning it was a bit different and if you haven't listened to us before you're gonna be in for a bit of a shock when you get to the other ones because it's never this good but um, I would recommend Ali's too humble to say it, but when we first interviewed Ali as a guest, it was really interesting because she talked not only about the incredible running she did, but talked about how running's helped her with her emotional health and how even you know even now that fluctuates and is, is very hard to, to really control. But um, do listen to that one. Um, any you'd recommend, Ali? Um, well, we've got the Running Charity podcast coming up with Alex where he talks about uh, how uh, running has basically benefited homeless people, people with addiction issues and all that sort of stuff. Um, and I think also, you know, it's good to go back and, and listen to, you know, some of the really inspiring runners, you know, the Camille Herons and, and Dean, like all of these people are people that can inspire you and also can make you realise that, you know, if you get out there, you can achieve incredible things. And like I said um, when we were talking to, to Jake, if you you know if you go out and you run with a group of people it's more than likely that you will talk to them about stuff you would never talk to anybody else about and I was out on Thursday um I went to see the Mole Valley runners who are absolutely lovely I'd never met them before they wanted to talk to me about endurance running and about Mongolia and all that sort of shenanigans and um actually I ended up talking to them about their mental health like you know we were all running along and it turns out that some of them suffer from this some of them suffer from that some of them just suffer from the anxiety of life which is having kids you know a job trying to fit everything in and running is therapy you you run along and you speak to people so going out and joining a club or going out and doing a trail run or going out and and doing anything with anyone else can often like you can often reap the rewards both physically and mentally because you come back and you know you understand that you're not alone basically and you aren't alone mental health is a very very strange thing and a lot of people as I said don't realize that there is an issue until they've talked to somebody they just think that's the way that they feel that's the way that they are but it doesn't have to be that way so open your little yappy holes have a little chat with each other and just check in and make sure that you're all okay and uh and yeah, thank you very much for listening. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for listening. Guys, if you've liked the episode, please do give us uh, you know, five stars on iTunes and you'll 
be able to see the start of the podcast if you haven't listened before by some of the comments on there but and um, please do subscribe if you'd like to suggest any guests then you can either email us at letters at badboyrunning.com or get in the facebook group and just make a post saying i recommend this person and the reasons why and when we go out there we stalk them we get them on so uh yeah thanks for listening and we'll see you next time Bye 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 b